You're listening to Audio Divina, reflecting on the Sunday Gospel with Father Francis J. Maloney. In this episode, we look at the Gospel of Luke, chapter 14, verses 25 to 33, where Jesus explains that anyone who wishes to be his disciple must reckon their closest relationships and all their possessions as lesser than their following of Jesus and the gift of God's reigning presence among us. We begin with a reading of a text from Michael. Great crowds accompanied him on his way, and he turned and spoke to them. Anyone who comes to me without hating father, mother, wife, children, brothers, sisters, yes, and his own life too, cannot be my disciple. No one who does not carry his cross and come after me can be my disciple. And indeed, which of you here, intending to build a tower, would not first sit down and work out the cost to see if he had enough to complete it. Otherwise, if he laid the foundation and then found himself unable to finish the work, anyone who saw it would start making fun of him and saying, Here is someone who started to build and was unable to finish. Or again, what king marching to war against another king would not first sit down and consider whether with 10,000 men he could stand up to the other who was advancing against him with 20,000. If not, then while the other king was still a long way off, he would send envoys to sue for peace. So in the same way, none of you can be my disciple without giving up all that he owns. We will now hear a reflection on the text from Father Maloney. How challenging it is to be a disciple of Jesus, to be a follower of Jesus. Today's Gospel is one of the most powerful and extreme elements that we find in Jesus' preaching on his way to Jerusalem. And it's not directed just to his disciples, but as the gospel opens, we are told that he is accompanied by great crowds as he's on his way to Jerusalem. And he turns and he speaks to them. If anyone comes to me without hating his father, mother, wife, children, brothers, sisters, yes, and his own life too, he cannot be my disciple. This seems impossible. How is it possible to follow a Jesus who asks us that we hate father, mother, wife, children, brothers and sisters? This is the sort of gospel passage which, when not properly understood, not placed within its own context, generates opposition to Christianity. Such a request is impossible and is unreasonable. Could Jesus really have been serious about these sorts of demands? We get some help, but not a total solution, from the fact that the Hebrew language is very hyperbolic. It speaks in extremes. Because the Semitic languages, the languages of Hebrew and Aramaic, and Jesus would have spoken Aramaic originally, often 
lack some of the more subtle expressions that we have in our modern languages. For Hebrew, as for Aramaic, which Jesus spoke, to hate is the opposite of to prefer. There is no word for loving someone slightly less, but even that leaves difficulties. Why must we place Jesus and our loved ones in some sort of contrasting ways? Is it not a gospel truth that we are called to love one another? And we come to Jesus through the love which we have for one another, that Jesus is present to us in our neighbour, in our family, in our father, mother, wife, children, brothers and sisters. What Jesus is asking here is expressed in the words that close this opening passage. Anyone who does not carry his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. What he's trying to teach us is discipleship costs. Christianity is certainly not a call to the literal observance of a hatred of anyone. Jesus' words today are an indication of the ultimate seriousness and the ultimate significance of all that he has come to bring the reigning presence of God in our hearts, in our society, and in our world. To stand in the way of the coming of the kingdom, because we have other preferences, things we love more, is to lose everything because of something surely a treasure, but not the treasure of what God offers us in his kingdom. We must be careful not to lose everything promised by Jesus' good news for the sake of something which, however precious, can be done without. And then this is the point of Jesus' two parables which close today's gospel. Plan. Look ahead. If you're intending to build a tower, see if you can afford it or else you're going to get halfway through the job and then not be able to complete it, and then you'll become mocked by everybody. Or the king who decides he's going to march out against another king without first calculating whether his 10,000 soldiers can stand against the others who have 20,000. A wise king would sue for peace. We work this way in our ordinary, everyday life. These parables, although they refer to a world that's not ours, although building towers, I suppose, is something that we still do, and certainly we go out with armies, but nowadays it is more often technology than manpower that wins the battles. But nevertheless, we plan ahead. We work out what is important, what is not so important, and we make decisions to maintain that we keep our balance, that we come through whatever challenges us because we've thought about it and we've decided what is the best thing to do. And for Jesus, the best thing to do is to inherit the kingdom which he has come to bring. This is what it means 
to be Jesus' disciple. And as the gospel closes, we have another one of these harsh words from Jesus. None of you can be my disciple unless he gives up all his possessions. Again, this sounds unrealistic. Again, the response to that problem is linguistic in the first place. That the give up doesn't mean without a penny to your name, but that you must have priorities. And the priority should not be your possessions, but the kingdom of God, without which we do not have happiness or life. We are all in need of a God and his reigning presence in our lives. This is the only thing that makes ultimate sense of life, love and death. However wonderful they are, and however crucially important they are in our lives, the same cannot be said of father, mother, wife, children, brothers, sisters and our possessions. It is a question of putting first things first. This is what the call to discipleship means. But Jesus led the way. Jesus does not ask us something to do that he didn't do first. He responded totally to the call of his father. Where were his father, mother, wife, children, brothers and sisters when he gave up his own life alone on that hill just outside the walls of Jerusalem? He looked beyond the limitations of flesh and blood to say, Whoever does the will of God is my brother, sister, and mother. It is doing the will of God. It is being part of the promise of the joy that comes to us from the reigning presence of God in our lives and in our hearts that we learn the crucial role of our fathers, our mothers, our wives, our children, our brothers, and our sisters loving them as disciples of Jesus, which places God and his Son and their kingdom before all things, and in this way, enriching our relationships with each one of them. We now recommend 10 to 15 minutes of personal reflection on what you've just heard. Please pause the track now and press play when you're ready to return. conclude with a reading of the text from Sharon. Great crowds accompanied him on his way, and he turned and spoke to them. Anyone who comes to me without hating father, mother, wife, children, brothers, sisters, yes, even his own life too, cannot be my disciple. No one who does not carry his cross and come after me can be my disciple. And indeed, which of you here, intending to build a tower, would not first sit down and work out the cost to see if he had enough to complete it? Otherwise, if he laid the foundation and then found himself unable to finish the work, anyone who saw it would start making fun of him and saying, here is someone who started to build and was unable to finish. Or again, 
What king marching to war against another king would not first sit down and consider whether with 10,000 men he could stand up to the other who was advancing against him with 20,000? If not, then while the other king was still a long way off, he would send envoys to sue for peace. So, in the same way, none of you can be my disciple without giving up all that he owns. Thanks for listening to Audio Divina. Special thanks to our readers for the episode, Michael Powell and Sharon Boyd. If you would like to volunteer to be a reader, please contact us at audiodivina at salesians.org.au. Thank you.